Welcome to Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And here we are once again on another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander and Bunker de France. Howdy, Harry. Howdy, howdy, howdy. How you be? We be fine. We're just after Turkey Day here. Yeah, we're kind, of, kind of bloated here. Yeah. A little tryptophan or so, whatever it is so flowing through our veins. Be be advised if we happen to fall asleep during the show, just uh, <laughs> throw a rock at your computer or radio or whatever you're listening to us on. I missed the show, Harry. Drifted off for a second. Anywho... Um, Today it's Movie Saturday. And I heard it's going to be a strange day. It's going to be a very strange show. Very, yeah, very strange. Yeah, okay. And the reason it's going to be very strange... Well, well, why is it going to be strange? What's going to make it strange? We're doing character actor Glenn Strange. Oh, well, that's awful strange, Harry. I know. You, you remember... Well, everybody should remember him from Gunsmoke. Yeah. But if you're really an aficionado... Yeah. You know him from almost 600 westerns. Yeah, you got if you're a fanatic like we are. It's yeah. Like, yeah. So, uh, that, that's like, the name. He's like, like a like a B Western deity. He, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and and we talked about this before going to air here that uh, he made so many so many Bs or westerns. Period. Um, I I think during the B period you could suggest that he was maybe the heaviest of the he might, heavies. I won't say he was the heaviest, but he's probably the tallest. Certainly the tallest. <laughs> uh, six five and he was as tall as Arnes was on uh yeah. on Gunsmoke. In fact that's one of the reasons he got the job was because he was tall. Arnes said, I like working with tall people. <laughs> and they saw things eye to eye. That you know, there's that's another thing too. That's yeah. very um very, very perceptive of you, uh, DeFrance. Well, you know, that's, I, I, spend, I spend many hours pondering all this stuff. And, I do a lot and, of pondering. And your 50-year career in uh, movies, too, right? Well, no, 30 years career uh, in the 30, movies, so. and then 20 years wishing I hadn't yeah. hadn't uh, quit the movies. And but, you, you know, you got to make a living. It comes a time doing stunts where, you, you know, you either you either move on in life or yeah. or they, they, they send you to the old broken-up stuntman home. Well, when you Which fall down by the rail tracks, yeah. Under, when under when you bridge. when you fall down, they won't pick you up. <laughs> <laughs> they just sweep you up. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, this program is uh, dedicated to uh, character actor Glenn Strange and his memory, and uh, any of his family still uh, around. Uh, certainly, uh, to them, we find both Bunker and I find Glenn Strange to be like astounding. Yeah. Astounding. I I I don't. I'm I'm not sure words can even describe it. To, well, you know, because you of know, the body of work that the man produced. To, not to break it down, but to kind of, I guess, broaden it. Uh, we, you know, he comes from a generation of great heavies. Yes, Charlie King, Roy Barcroft, yes. John Merton. Yeah, you can just name them. Yes, arm length of heavies. Yeah, but one of the things that where he really stood out, he was a, a he wrote movie music. For the westerns, uh, he was a talented fiddle player, and and he sang, and he, you know, he just he, 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 was, he, he did so many different things. He was an honest to goodness cowboy as well. Yeah, you know. I, all right, let, let's just start with a little well, bit. Well, let's of, get this out of the way. Oh yeah, yeah. By all means. Okay, now I got a little <laughs> announcement to make, and I want to invite all of you uh, for a Merry Christmas at the Empire Ranch celebration. It takes place on Saturday, December 14th of this year <laughs> from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. It'll be historic Western holiday spirit like no other. Come on down and celebrate. There's going to be music and entertainment. Have the kids meet Santa. Take and make crafts so it's stuff for the kids and the grown-ups can make Christmas goodies for the tree or the house. There'll be local vendors, a holiday raffle, cookies and seasonal beverages and i gotta tell you all the ladies that belong to the empire volunteers mm -hmm. they go nuts they're making cookies and cake mm -hmm. and pie i mean you talk you talk about a diabetic death wish that's don't that's, get in the way of sally pine when she's decorating <laughs> oh yeah and i mean it, and this is yeah, this is i want to point this out 
everybody gets go to Winter Haven. You want to see Christmas decorations. I'd rather go to the Empire Ranch, I'll tell you the truth. And and the reason for that is those decorations are period-specific. Yes. Yes. And that's what really makes it cool. And, it is, you know, and picture this. Now, I know a lot of you folks decorate your house on the inside and go crazy. This The Empire, they don't decorate too much outside. It's all in the inside, house. Yeah. But it's a 22-room house. That's yes, a uh, lot of decoration. You start in uh, January, and by the time December's around, you're yeah, well, ready next, to have to go next for Next year, they, you know, they're, they're, they're already decorating for next year right now. Well, there's also going to be performances by Bill Gantz. We've had him on the show. He's probably two, one of Tucson's very, very best uh, Western singers. Mm-hmm. The Bill Gantz Band is one of the great bands. Mm-hmm. And Bill, is a he's a Western music historian and just one of the best guitar players around. We feature uh, Bill Gans and the band on our VOW radio channel. You should. Uh, which is, uh, if you're listening to our radio channel now, that's how you get us. And also, uh, uh, when we're not doing that, great cowboy and western music. Yes. Not country, also, western. Also, the Saguaro Strutters will be there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that is, because I, I, would, I wasn't sure they were stutterers or strutters, but I think they must be like dancers. Strut and Saguaro. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe they'll be dancing dancing with Cactus or something like that. Uh, Also, yours truly will be down there reading cowboy Christmas poems. I've come up with some real dandies. Uh Uh-oh. I mean, I got a couple of S.O.M.R. Barker, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, Uh, Are you going to do your infamous backward poetry? I might just challenge somebody to that. Yeah. And... uh, what was I going to say? Something about the poetry. Probably, probably, wasn't. I derailed, probably wasn't true. I derailed your thought. No, no, my thoughts are all over the place. They never know where they are. Okay, now, just in case you do decide to grow, yep. it's located down on off of uh, Scenic Highway 83 on the way to Sonoida. And if you want more information, you can go to www.EmpireRanchFoundation.org or you can call 888 888- Three six four two eight two nine. That's a toll free call, or you can Facebook them at at Empire Ranch. There you go, and it, it it'll be more fun than a sack full of Christmas squirrels. It usually is. Yeah. Our topic today on Movie Saturday is character actor Glenn Strange, born August 16, eighteen ninety nine, in Weed, New Mexico. You know where Weed is? Mm-hmm. Bunkers I from used to go Rio over there. Where's where's weed situated? It's a little a little bit east of uh, Rio Dosa and, Ca- and Capitan, mm-hmm. a little bit north of Alamogordo. Mm-hmm. It's on one of the state routes, about seven thousand feet elevation. Mm-hmm. Uh, population is down. <laughs> it's down all over New Mexico, yeah. except in the big cities. Yeah. But uh, it's it's great, you know. If if you love being outdoors and mm-hmm. a country boy or mm-hmm. you know farmer rancher it's 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 all new mexico's pretty but it's really pretty then that must have been most excellent because uh, uh, his uh, parents were irish and cherokee mix yes. his dad was a bartender and a rancher and uh, not much is known uh, or rather a little known fact is that uh, glenn was a first cousin to b western sidekick lee Lass. Lassus White. Captain's Mac. Yes, and he was also cousins to some performers, some musical performers that we'll get into when we get to that particular yes. section. You know, I, I, want to, I want to touch on something, because when I was doing looking up information on him, which is a delight, uh, I come across one fella who was going... Well, this is, you know, it was written out, he, but I'm acting it mm-hmm. out. He said, well... Maybe he wasn't a rancher. Maybe he was a farmer. And maybe he wasn't from Reed, New Mexico. Maybe he was born in Texas. Because nine months after he was born, uh, they did a census over in Texas where his family was living at the time. Mm -hmm. And so this guy, through his brilliant powers of uh, deduction from reading Sherlock Holmes books, (laughs) figured there's no way he could have been born there because that's that's like 400-some-odd miles away. That's back when people would pick up, and when they moved, they didn't move uh, across town. They moved across the country. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. Look at the Dust Bowl. You know, he, he, exactly. Oklahoma to California. Yeah. Well, he, he quit school after the eighth grade to help dad out in the cattle business. And uh, then he learned to play the fiddle about age Joke 12. Not. Yep. He started drifting around the country with various type shows. He did a brief stint as a heavyweight boxer, believe it or not. Uh, according to Eddie Dean, uh, he says that Glenn was a protege of Jack Dempsey until he mm-hmm. broke his hand. He also worked briefly as a... Let, de- me, let, me, let me interject there, because this is so neat. Just to show you that he wasn't just some guy, you know, doing carnival boxing. Yep. He had a, a, a title fight with Primo Canero, mm-hmm. and in that, in that's when he broke his hand. And after the fight, his good friend Jack Dempsey said, uh, "Pee Wee, maybe you should take up another occupation." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, he he also worked briefly as a deputy sheriff in uh, New Mexico. Two different towns. He uh, started out in radio. Good guy in El Paso in 1928, and uh, eventually hooked up with the Arizona Wranglers. That was a group who at the time included musician actors Jack Kirk, Cactus Mac, and uh, that group could be heard on KNX Radio out of Hollywood. You know, there's a thing there, too, which mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize. The uh, Arizona Wranglers, over time, because like any band back then, different members would come and go. Yeah. Well, at one point, a couple of new guys had joined the band. About that time, Cactus Mac and Glenn decided to move on, so they turned the band over to the new guys. And one guy was a young guy. Yeah, Bob was, Nolan, you know, I think oh, he wrote okay. some songs. And, and then and his other, another guy, Leonard something? Leonard Sly, yeah, yeah. Leonard yeah. Sly. And actually, that was the genesis, the Arizona Ramblers was the genesis for Sons of the Pioneers. Pioneers. Yeah. Well, cool. he uh, he was a musician. Uh, he played uh, a lot. Yeah, you can also see him uh, in many Gunsmoke episodes. Uh, you can see him playing the fiddle. At uh, I usually. found there's only one. I got, in fact, I've got it here. Let me look. You keep talking. Okay. Uh, he worked for a while as a rodeo rider, which is where he picked up his nickname, Pee Wee. And uh, Gibson, the old hooter. Yeah, riding rodeo. He spent time with Hoot Gibson's rodeos in uh, Saugus, California. And uh, Strange remembered Hoot helping him out over the rough spots in his first film. Hooter's Wild Horse and Hard Ombre were Glenn's first two features. Got him started. Uh, Although Hard Ombre was released first, Wild Horse filmed a month or so prior, but released later in 1931. Yeah, I found the the Gunsmoke thing. Oh, right. It was the episode Taps for Old Jeb. It was in 1965, and he played the fiddle. And he played do si do Indian file, and it was an uncredited thing, which mm-hmm. was common, you know. Well, and yeah, his roles were chiefly unbilled from 31 to 35. I know I have seen tons of West, well, not maybe not tons, but bunches of westerns where he was not credited. And oh, um, that was so common. I know my wife and I are watching. And say, hey, it's Glenn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got somewhere in here. I don't know where in my notes he doubled. Uh, Doubled some, I think. Oh, he doubled John Wayne in one, yeah. And he was uncredited, yeah. I think that was Western Ho. I could be wrong on that one. Well, according to this one interview, uh, Strange remembers uh, Buck Jones insisting that he stay in bed on the second day of shooting. Oh, when yeah, Glenn awoke with the flu, and Jones put on Glenn's wardrobe and did his writing for him. Mm-hmm. You don't find that kind of stuff happen in these That's- days, do you? That's the old time <laughs> cowboy, the old time movie cowboy, the, you know, the real cowboy, yeah. And uh, he, uh, Glenn also did a stint as a sidekick uh, with Dick Ferrand, yeah. another singing cowboy. Yeah, do you remember his character's name? Well, Pee Wee. Um, yeah, that was that was he was Pee Wee. Yeah, and uh, tell them how they got the name Pee Wee. Well, he and his brother, uh, who's of equal height. <laughs> Uh, Short went, guys. Yeah, they they were they went to go uh, ride rodeo, and the uh, uh, brother gets introduced first, and uh, then when and Glenn's surprised because his brother's name wasn't exactly mentioned; it was just a nickname. And then uh, the announcer calls out uh, for Glenn to ride with yet another nickname, and that nickname was Pee Wee, yeah. and his brother's nickname was Puny. Puny and Pee Wee. <laughs> well, you know, I want to go back backtrack for a minute. Sure. You were talking about about you know his heritage, and he is an eighth generation direct descendant from Pocahontas. No kidding. Which wow. is Poetan. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is cool. 
That, that is way, he's got more uh, um, more uh, Native American DNA in him than Elizabeth Warren does. Oh, who? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I probably have Elizabeth more. Elizabeth what? I probably have more. <laughs> yeah, well, hope we get a lot of irate calls and yeah. emails about that's, mentioning uh, her. Because, yeah, yeah, right. That's uh, voicesofthewest at gmail.com for those kinds of comments. Uh, <laughs> over, over the years, uh, Glenn worked with just about every Western star, but for whatever reason, he was on screen more at Warner Brothers, Monogram, Universal, and PRC than he was uh, ever for Republic. He did. He was... Which was the the, the, the bastion big one. of Western? Yeah, sure. the big one. He only did about twenty one uh, of those uh, being lesser roles in fifties westerns. Um, he he did uh, stand out as the dim witted killer, the Maverick, uh, in the Range Busters, Boot Hill Bandits, nineteen forty two. Oh, that ain't friendly. <laughs> That's his classic line. Yeah. One of his classic yeah, lines. Yeah, that he repeats frequently. Well, you know, <laughs> did you know that he actually uh, tried out for the or. It was asked to play the creature from the Black Lagoon. Ah, I did not know that. But yeah. And when you were talking about relatives, mm-hmm. another cousin, Lee Lasses White. Yeah. He was, did a lot of sidekick stuff. Yeah. All right, we're talking about actor uh, Glenn Strange and his contributions to the Westerns, uh, which are numerous, and uh, we're doing it because we like Glenn Strange. We love Glenn Strange. We've been wanting to do this show for uh, uh, a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the man is just so doggone interesting, and uh, you see him in... So many westerns, and uh, I don't think he ever had a, he never had a starring role in anything I, I, that I can I that think, I found. I think anyway. he might have done a, some shorts or something. You know? Yeah, but I'm not. You know, I'm like you. I, yeah, uh, you know, and, and even getting you know, like featured roles because mm-hmm. he did play some. You know. Lead heavies. Yes. So I guess it'd have to be a feature role and be a lead heavy. Yeah, but I'm talking like. Oh, he, I know. He wasn't, you know, featuring Glenn Strange. Uh, it wasn't one of those. Glenn Strange and his sidekick, John Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't see any of those. So, uh, but the man, I mean, his body of work is just absolutely incredible. Well, yeah. And that's one of the reasons why uh, we're talking well, about Well, wait a minute. Now, here's one. This might be, because I don't know what it, what his job was, but he did an unsold pilot called Trigger Tales in 1950. Wow. And I think it's on, you know, that guy site that uh, you showed oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think it's on his site. Huh. I will have to catch, yeah, try have and to catch that, that one. Hey, out. we got to do our first uh, commercial break here, so with that in mind, we'll be right back with much more of Amo Franzi's Voices of the West right after these very, very important messages. Tucson Trap and Ski Club is one of the best-kept economic secrets in town. This 900-member group maintains one of the finest shotgun shooting ranges in the country, featuring trap, skeet, five-stand, and sporting clays fields, and hosts national and international events that bring thousands of people and millions of dollars into our community. The Spring Satellite Grand American Tournament alone involves 1,200 participants for 10 days. Learn more about this and their other contributions to our community at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond checking stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911 Read classic western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net On the banks of the sunny San Juan 
Francis the Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker de France. That was Eddie Dean singing On the Banks of the Sunny San Juan. That's a song that the Glenn old San Strang, Juan. The old San Juan. That's um, what uh, uh, that's one of the songs that uh, one of the many songs that Glenn Strange wrote. Well him and Eddie collaborated yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, there's there's another song there too that him and Eddie worked on. It was a title song for Eddie Dean's Tumbleweed Trail. Mm-hmm. I think you're gonna play that later on, aren't you? Uh no, I don't have that one. Oh, you I've don't got, have that? I've got a different one. Yeah, anyhow, Dave, I got but, a text reader one coming but up. But what's one of the things interesting is that Eddie Dean sang that song at uh at Glenn's funeral, mm-hmm. but he was so choked up he couldn't sing, so he had pre-recorded it yeah. just in case, yeah. and they played it instead. But yeah. Well, anyway, we are talking about uh, actor Glenn Strange. Uh, you know him mostly from the Gunsmoke series. He was the the bartender, and uh, let's see. Uh, Did you know he tested for Tarzan? He, te- he, I did not know that. Isn't that interesting? Think about it. He was tested for the bigger. creature. You, you know, the, the, I guess being six foot five, uh, in his case, didn't hurt him. But certainly some, a lot of the guys here, you back that's in the era of Eddie G. Robinson and Alan yeah, Ladd. Yeah. And, you know, and those guys would have reached his kneecaps. He'd have never yeah. worked with them. Well, he did go on to play a monster. Talk about three that times one. Actually, actually. Well, he did uh, House of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. House of Dracula, <clears throat> and then one of the classic monster horror movies, Abbott and Costello <laughs> meet Frankenstein. <laughs> and you know, there's an interesting side story there. He, you know, they, they he as Frankenstein did a couple of routines with. Uh, with Lou Costello, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he kept cracking up because, <laughs> you, you know, just because Costello was yeah. so funny. Yeah. So they, but yeah. And then he ended, he ended up breaking his ankle at one point, right towards the end of it. And Lon Chaney, again, the old timers stepped in, put on the, mo- the mm-hmm. monster outfit mm-hmm. and did the last couple of scenes that they needed him for. I wonder how much of the Abbott and Costello uh, and Glenn Strange scenes were um, followed, they followed the script. I'll bet a lot of it was improv. (laughs) Well, I don't know because you look look at like who's on first. I mean, and they did that throughout their whole career, so you see it over and over and over, radio and and television and movies, and they were always spot on. Right, but what I'm saying is how much of that was scripted? Uh, oh, I'm or sure if it was most of it was improv, and Glenn was I just I don't think just so. jumped in there and did back his thing. The, the studios back then they were pretty pretty adamant, you know, about the staying on mm-hmm. on on target. Mm-hmm. Just, it wasn't the era of method actors mm-hmm. and and improv and directors that didn't even have a script in making mm-hmm. the movie. Uh, one of the things too that's interesting is he did. He did the Frankenstein monster a couple two more times with Abbott and Costello on television. Mm-hmm. I think one was a Colgate Hour thing or something like that. Uh, and then he did a pilot for a uh, house. What was it? The, Something House of Frankenstein or or Frankenstein Tales or Tales from mm-hmm. Frankenstein, mm-hmm. where I'm assuming he was probably going to be the monster, and I could just see him as the host. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like Bar- Boris Karloff being the host of uh, Chiller Theater as well. That was he was a good host. Uh, no yeah. kidding, yeah. Hey, if you got a comment that you'd like to swing our way, uh, you can do so by uh, post it on our Facebook page. It's uh, Facebook.com/slash Voices of the West, and uh, we'll be happy to you read know, that up for you. You know, it's so funny that you you mentioned Boris Karloff. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he just happened walked in the door. Oh, <laughs> do the mash, Harry. The monster. The monster mash. It was a graveyard bash. They did the mash. You know, we could with do Glenn. This. Glenn mashed all the people. <laughs> yeah, and this is how we spend our Saturdays, folks. Yeah. 
and yeah, just about every other day too. I reckon you know, it's, it's neat because you know, for just for just an hour of a day, they unbuckle Harry in my straight jacket, so Harry can so Harry can do the soundboard and everything, and I can uh, rustle my notes. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's about the size of it, I reckon. Oh, here, let me let me just run through. Here's, a, here's, here's some of the pictures that you can actually see Glenn playing the fiddle in. Lawless Range, Stormy, Western Ho, Cyclone of the Saddle, and, of course, Gunsmoke in the one we talked about. And here's, an, here's the thing. Over, there were over 900 people at his funeral. Wow. That's a lot. And most of them were B-Cowboys and stuntmen. Well, uh, still making features, Glenn entered the early days of TV in 1949 as he waylaid Clayton Moore and a group of Texas mm. Rangers on the first three continued storyline episodes of The Lone Ranger. He uh, returned as Butch Cavendish a year later in Never Say Die episode. And he was seen on nearly 100 other television episodes of Cisco Kid, Kit Carson, Gene Autry, Annie Oakley, Buffalo Bill Jr., Cheyenne, Sugarfoot, Rawhide, Hopalong, Cassidy, Rifleman, Judge Roy Bean, Rin Tin Tin, Sky King, and the list goes on and on. Ad nauseum. Yeah. Or amphidium. Well, you know, I just want to mention, too, Roy had... Roy, I mean, <clears throat> Glenn had probably... <laughs> As many friends as anybody that ever worked in the in the picture business, uh, three of them stood out. Actually, four of them stood out. Eddie Dean was probably his his best friend in yeah, the bunch. Yeah. Uh, Cactus Mac, his cousin, they were they were close to the whole thing. They, uh, Roy Barcroft was a particularly close friend, and Bob Baker. You know, in fact, I, if I remember right, <clears throat> Glenn got off of his deathbed to do the eulogy at Bob Baker's funeral. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not seeing anything. No, I'm looking at a different thing here. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. I yeah. say, yeah, yeah. Well, let's see. Let's go through some oh, of... Go ahead. This is, this is kind of neat. It's, this is a little bit of uh, local Tucson history connecting to Glenn Strange. His mother, Sarah Elizabeth Bird Strange, who her sister was a bird, not the kind that flies, but a person <laughs> bird, who was Cactus Mac's uh, mother. So, you know, they, they had sisters for mothers. Yeah. And, it, and I think there's another double family connection in there. Anyhow, uh, Sarah died here in Tucson in 1970. Hmm. Because she was living over here. Yeah, he's also cousins with uh, Rex Allen. Rex Allen. But that was that was a uh, about 20 years difference there. Y yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lassus, you know, Lassus White. Okay, let's talk about the wives for a second. That way that we can get the old hides out of the way. Very well. Go for it. Yeah, okay. First wife was <clears throat> Flora Eola Hooper. And... Not a lot known there. They didn't stay very, very long. Uh, the second wife was Autriella Sp uh, Spradling. And that was, they think, 1930 to 1932. And that one, I don't think they real. Some people don't even count her. And then, of course, his last wife, one that was with him till he passed on, Minnie Pearl Thompson. What a great name. <laughs> uh, they were married in 1936, and she stood, stood by uh, Glenn all the way up to 1973 when he all passed right. away. Hmm. Well, let's see. Many of the... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to search this thing through here. On, well, while you're searching, i got another, on the another nugget. All right, go for it. Okay. Uh, uh, since 19, since, uh, excuse me, since September 8, 2001, there's been over 653 uh, flower deliveries to his grave. Wow. I mean, so that tells you that, you know, he, he's he gone, but he's not forgotten, and it, you know, people and, still and, love him. And the, his, the character that he presented on screen, I suspect, was pretty much the way he was in, in real life. He, he, you know, he seemed like a real easygoing kind of guy. He, uh, yeah, he'd get mad, but uh, it, it, you, I think, from judging what I've seen in the movies, movie roles, he was, uh, you know, he'd show anger. But I don't think he beat you to a pulp if, unless you really, really, really provoked him. 
<laughs> well, you know, the, the way he was described by everybody, it was that he was super friendly. Everybody loved him. He, he was a good guy, loved to cook. There's a, one story about him. He, he belonged to a group. I can't remember whether it was called the, the Covered Wagon Gang or the or the Chuck Wagon Gang. Chuck Wagon Gang. I, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that one. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, every year they would have a big, great big, huge steak fry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Glenn would cook steaks. Mm-hmm. And you could get a steak with all the fixings cooked by Glenn Strange mm-hmm. for a buck and a half. I know. What are those prices now, huh? Yeah. Ah, well, you, ah. you, know, you can't get, you can't, you, all you can get is a steak and a, uh, a bowl of beans at the, at the fancy steakhouses. If you want a baked potato, it's extra. And that's over twenty bucks. Cup of coffee costs more than that. Where we have breakfast every oh, Friday. Oh, hey, you know, but hey, that's okay. We're that's not knocking right. that. No, it's not. Let's not. not bad. No, 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 Denny's, no, no, you know. no. I wasn't. That was farthest thing from I my mind. I don't. I'm not going to say a word about a cup of coffee costing more at Denny's no. than a short stack. Well, by, there, by a half a buck more. There, there is that. I'm not going to mention that. Okay, let's not and say we did. I never, not a word. Very not well. Word. It, it's almost 32 minutes after the hour. How about that? We're keeping time for you. <laughs> and uh, we're going to take uh, another commercial break here. So hang with us. We're talking about uh, character actor Glenn Strange here on Emil Franzi's The Voices of the West. And we'll be right back. When looking for a property management company, here are some things you should consider. How long has the company been in business? What types of properties can they manage for you? And does the company give back to the community? Well, your search is over. The Polash Management Company meets and exceeds those considerations. They've been in business in Tucson, Arizona since the 1960s. They manage all types of properties throughout Arizona and elsewhere, from residential to commercial to public sector properties. The Polash Management Company also dedicates its time and resources to numerous community projects, including help funding the drive for the USS Arizona Memorial at the University of Arizona. You also want a property management company that puts you, the customer, first. First, contact the Paul Ash Management Company today at paulashmanagement.com and ask about the complete package or call 520-795-2100. That's 520-795-2100. The Paul Ash Management Company, property managers you can trust. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. He recently served two tours in Afghanistan where he received a bronze star for heroism and a purple heart for injuries sustained in combat. He recently left military service, and now he's unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Many of our men and women in uniform gave up good jobs and careers to join the military and take up the fight for freedom around the globe. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Please join with the American Legion, the nation's largest veteran service organization, in recognizing that veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. The training and experience they receive in the military is second to none. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. Hello? I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right. It's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. Hello, 
Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Tom, the host of the Movie Zealots podcast, and I'm inviting you to give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. Every episode, my co-hosts and I review the latest box office releases, but there's more than simply just that. We also play games like the Alexa quote of the show. And may the odds be ever in your favor. And have a from the cutting room floor segment that is an open forum to discuss anything from our thoughts of a Netflix TV series to our experiences with movie subscriptions such as the AMC Stubs or MoviePass. So, after finishing this podcast, please give the Movie Zealots podcast a listen. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Simply search Movie Zealots. Until then, that's a wrap. Hey, this is Robert Fuller, uh, Jess Harper from Laramie, and we're listening to the Voices of the West. This is the Voices of the West. We're back on Amal Frenzy's The Voices of the West. Decided to just let that roll by itself there. Uh, I know, good thing, right? Good, good thing, right, that I just let that go all the way through instead of uh, fading it down as I normally do? You talking you talk about the theme, my theme song? No. Uh-huh. Okay, well, that's good. I like that. <laughs> He's with I, us for another week. <laughs> yeah, you're safe for another week, Harry. We are uh, here on Himmel Francis Voices of the West, uh, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France. We're talking about character actor uh, Glenn Strange, and uh, he, uh, he nah, I don't think he was a strange one. He was, no, he wasn't strange. Nah. Kind of cool. <clears throat> you know, that, kind of, one of the neat things when you read about it, and then you, you, you kind of do the, some of the follow-up stuff and the, the effect that his life had on other people. Yeah. A good example being Amanda Blake. Uh, when he passed away the next year when Gunsmoke came back, she wasn't with the show anymore. She was so uh, broken up and, and torn apart by his loss that she never came back to the show. And then uh, Buck Taylor who was newly on the show and had worked with Glenn for some time, uh, named his third son Cooper Glenn Taylor, after oh. Glenn, as, you know, in honor mm-hmm. of, the, I guess, the, the pleasure of knowing the man. Yeah, who obviously made a, a pretty good um, impression on a lot of people. He, uh, and This is an interview I'm going to quote from here. From uh, This was uh, from 1965. Oh, cool. <clears throat> And let's see here. Uh, let's see. We'll take the topic of Yakima Canut. Uh, Glenn says he never, in all the time that he worked with Yak, never saw a guy get hurt if they did what Yak told them to do. And they tell me Yak got hurt one time over at MGM. A mule fell back on him and Boomtown. And that was just a freak accident thing, but I'm talking about things that he'd rig up. For instance, he'd hook up. Uh, a four up to a wagon then come down the road and you'd see him bend him he had a way of pulling the kingpin uh which let the horses loose yeah Yeah, and then he'd go with the horses and the wagon would just uh pick itself up and wrap itself around a tree guy (laughs) guy guy, uh, somehow had a knack for rigging the things uh, to get the effect that he just wanted, you know, and he jumped from the stagecoach boot to the first team, then to the second team, then go underneath and crawl back up on the coach again. He's a perfectionist when a it comes to coach. figuring out a stunt and how to get the maximum out of it. Still, yeah. it's safe for everybody involved in it if they do what he tells them to do. Now, you you well, never worked with Yak, but you got to meet him. I met him, knew him, and used to stop by his house because he didn't live that far from my, I did. When did, I was, did, when, did you guys ever uh, talk stunts and talk work? You know, that's interesting because you know, we, I, I, through Art Bradford, who was a good friend of mine, he was a small-town uh, rodeo promoter and worked, worked the movies, did bit parts and did extra work, mm-hmm. horse work, wagon work, stuff like that. Uh, but uh, through Art, I got to got to meet Yak, and we would get together once in a while, Art, myself, and maybe Art would bring somebody else and that's have the, coffee with it. And let me interrupt. That's the picture that we have up on our uh, uh, Facebook page. You just have to go through the yes. photos. I've got a picture of Bunker with, with Yakima Kanat. And Art. And Art's Art. the third guy mm-hmm. in the picture. But it, to, to answer your question... Uh, this one time, this young one, the young stunt guy, uh, 
Art invited him along. We're sitting there, and they, you know, and, and <clears throat> Yak is kind of <clears throat> reticent around people he doesn't know. So he wasn't saying much. So the young kids started asking him questions about stunts, and I could see, I could see he was starting to shut down. He was like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of here. You know, you could just, you could read him like a book in that mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. And I just said, I said, Yak, uh, what year did you re- uh, win the uh, Roosevelt? Uh, trophy, because uh, you know, Theodore Roosevelt is a great trophy and mm-hmm. one one of the one of his you know high points of his rodeo career, and he perked up. We start we talked for you know almost two hours. Wow. Never talked stunts once. It was mm-hmm. all his rodeo career because it, you know that's all anybody wanted. All, you know you know and you, you get to thinking you know it's like if you're Carl Petty, you probably get tired of talking about NASCAR. True, but that's the job that you have, uh, uh, the profession that you've pursued. But not and, once you're retired. No, but people are still interested in that particular aspect of your professional life. And they have a right to be interested. Well, yeah, and you got a right to say. Yeah. But he doesn't have to be interested. I, I understand that. And I understand yeah. that. Now you knew Yak's son too, right? I worked with Tap and Joe both. In fact, we worked uh, on the good guys and the bad guys. And these guys were consummate coordinators. Of course, they learned from the best. In fact, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, Yak is considered the father of yeah. modern stunts mm-hmm. and the father of stunt safety. Because mm-hmm. up until then, you know, a lot of the stunts were give the guy a half pint and turn him loose, you know. Well, you can learn more about the character of Yakima Kanut. Uh, we did a show back in February, I think, uh, with uh, your good friend Neil Summers. Yeah, and, and uh, just rebroadcasted recently. Uh, yeah, that we did. Uh, and and Neil uh, Neil had some very interesting insights. He knew he knew Yuck way better than I did. Well, on on his uh, Glenn's favorite picture, he says here that he did a fight with Buster Krabby and the Contender, and he did his yes. friend, his buddy. He was an old time fighter, and I trained him. I liked that. It was a human interest thing. I also liked Texas Carnival with Red Skelton. I did a lot of westerns with Dick Ferran at Warner Brothers. At the opening, they'd show a picture of Dick and then a picture of me, Glenn Pee Wee Strange. <laughs> and, he, and you know, you know, you, when you, you mentioned earlier, you know what doing features in in the picture with Buster Crab he was very much featured in that because he was like his his mentor and, mm-hmm. and his corner man and you know yeah oh you know he in uh, 1932 he was a stunt double for John Wayne and ride him uh cowboy uncredited like we we like to mention that you you talk about we talk about these guys and mention them in shows and people will go well i looked him up and i didn't see yeah, him right, right, right. well that's because <clears throat> it was common and they still do it today yeah, for sure you you look at look at say uh, some big epic you know lord of the rings mm-hmm. they got hundreds of stuntmen working yeah, they'd all don't get credit. And, you know, it, it would you'd be a half hour watching the credits if they named How often them did you get credited for your stunts? Not nearly enough. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So, I mean, you did a you your body of work is incredible by itself and you did not get a whole lot of credit. <laughs> yeah, and we got to work on that. Harry keeps getting after me to, to <laughs> update my update the stuff that's on the website so that because you know, you can and and, and uh, then we can do an interview with you. With who? <laughs> Todd and I will interview you. Nobody ever heard of me. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to, I don't think. Well, let's see what else have we got here. Uh, oh, the uh, Gunsmoke uh, TV movie, uh, Return to Dodge, that was done in 1987. That was dedicated to Glenn's memory. That mm-hmm. was the first one that, uh, the first of the uh, TV movie, Gunsmoke movies. He did uh, Frontier Doctor with his cousin Rex, Queen of Cimarron in 1958. He would play a character named Cafferty. Mm. That's a good Western name, Cafferty. <laughs> oh, then we, then we we talked about this. You you talked about the reality things. And, mm-hmm. uh, he did a, a This Is Your Life episode where Ken Curtis was the subject. Because it's logical if Ken Curtis sure. was the subject, yeah. he'd have to be on there. Yeah. And then he did a Merv Griffiths show uh, episode that was a salute to horror in 1971. He was a guest, and it's funny more people more people I think more people are aware of him from Gunsmoke 
and the horror movies than they are from the actual westerns and you know and it's like it's like 0.1% compared to the west oh yeah yeah you know. definitely yeah he did injure himself when he was doing a lot of these things he he said in this interview he he says that he <clears throat> got his leg broke he says when you're sitting in a stagecoach and the horses are running just as fast as they possibly can run and the door is wired you can't get it open, and nobody up there to drive them. That'll give you a kind of a rough feeling. And that was uh, a Charlie Starrett movie, one of the Durango Kid things. Uh, he says he was doing a heavy in it. Ted Mapes had been doubling me that day. He'd made all these wild rides in this coach, and they came to a spot where they were shooting a close-up of me over Starrett's shoulder. He was on a parallel on his horse. Uh, now they're shooting over his shoulder into the coach on me. Horses bolted, took off with me in there. I wound up in the cedars of uh, Lebanon Hospital with a leg smashed to all pieces, including the knee joint. Mm -hmm. Just come off every pinnacle in the country and horse falls. And of course, you're always leading the pack if you're a heavy. I've been, I've had horses fall and the whole pack run over me. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that brings to mind the other story about him. He was doing this one western. They were up at one of the lakes up in Northern California and it had been a drought, so the water level had dropped quite a bit and there's a lot of driftwood out Fe there. Phoenix Lake. Phoenix Lake, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so anyhow, he's doing this run across the lake and he comes to this driftwood log and the horse jumps it effortlessly but it lands on a smaller driftwood log and rolls out from under him him and the horse go crashing he jumps up finds his gun which he'd been shooting and his hat slams it back on jumps on the horse as it's getting back up rides another 40 yards out of the shot steps off the horse and falls flat on his face yeah. unconscious <laughs> he's you know go figure <laughs> that's that's a that's people just you know I hate to say it you know we you know we got a sissy world today because mm -hmm. yeah that was a that was a time and place and world of men that were they had blisters on their hands and there was no CG no no green screens no no, no CGI <laughs> yeah. We're talking about actor Glenn Strange here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Got to do our final commercial break here, so okay. uh, do stay tuned. We'll be back with much more right after these very, very important messages. Besides bringing millions a year into this community with national and international events, the Tucson Trap and Skeet Club at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway services the local shooting sports community with a 380-acre site featuring trap, skeet, pipe stand, and two sporting clays fields, as well as a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, which all is available to local shooters, and soon an archery range. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com or take a drive out west of town and see it for yourself. New members or single-day use, welcome. Hi, this is Joe Montaigne. Every time my Uncle Willie tells me about his service in Patton's Third Army in World War II, I'm reminded of what we owe the U.S. Army. Fourteen generations of American soldiers who have courageously defended our nation. Their stories represent the best of America and should never be forgotten. Join me to help build the National Museum of the United States Army, a long overdue tribute to all American soldiers. To learn more, visit armyhistory.org. Imus Wilkinson Investments, 777-1911, is a unique investment management firm. They pay little attention to where the market indicators are because smart investment management goes way beyond check and stock exchanges. They are very good at managing all types of investment based on client expectations. They build relationships, and they want clients, not customers. My family is proudly included among them, and they'll help you, as they did us, design a portfolio that achieves what you want when you need it. Imus Wilkinson Investments, they're really good at what they do. 777-1911 Old Western Radio Theater every Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time only on the Voices of the West. B.O.W. Radio We sway the beat of the horse's feet as we merrily ride along A band of highwaymen coming out of the dawn The sky is clear, we have no fears, we boldly carry on We follow the trailer in the gate and sing a vagabond song. We'll sing, sing, sing of a life that's free, like the pirate. 
You know, I closed my eyes during that, and I could see, I could, see, I saw two different scenes. I saw one scene is the guys are all singing, and they're around the campfire, and the other one is the typical shot. They're riding down the road, a dozen guys all singing. Well, the actual scene is they're riding, not down a road, but across the hills, <laughs> and there's never a close-up uh, of any of them or as a group. I mean, it's such a yeah. wide shot, you really can't tell what all is going on. I mean, you know, obviously... And the sound equipment in those days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, that that was how that scene came about. Uh, yeah. The Renegade song, it was uh, written by Glenn Strange along with Tex, and Tex Ritter performs it. Yeah, so. well, now just, just kind of... <clears throat> uh, getting off the beaten path here but there's archive footage of glenn in around 21 documentaries most of them are about the horror movies and stuff but he did a ton of a ton of archi archival footage mm -hmm. and i've seen stuff in a couple of uh of uh things on western movies i know uh packy smith did one and he showed up in that I've got, a, just for the folks out there that might want to do some reading about uh, Glenn, I've got a list of four articles that you can look up on your on your computer. One is Films of the Golden Age. That was a magazine. It's a 2003 uh, issue number 34, and he was interviewed by Bob Burns, Tom Weaver, and... That's one you might want to look up, to. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's because you know you wanted some recording there, and that's one. And then there, <clears throat> Variety, which is a trade publication for the picture industry, of uh, the October third, nineteen seventy three. That was uh, after he had passed. They did a little piece on him, mm -hmm. and then of course the L.A. Times and the New York Times did an obits on uh, September 22nd, 1973. And if you want to look up information on the obituaries, you can. Mm -hmm. Also, he, he appeared on two magazine covers. Really? I saw it. Well, they, they were both as Frankenstein. Oh, okay. It was Films <clears throat> of the Golden Age, 2003, issue 34, and Monster World, uh, January 1965, issue 6. You guys in the uh, stunt land uh, always like to pull practical jokes on one another. And, oh, that's uh, a great story. Yeah. You know, so th th here, here's a particular one. Uh, that this is from a, in the interview. Glenn says, once when Steve Clemente was throwing knives at me in a short, he had me pinned <laughs> to the board. They told me he's going to throw a couple knives. He's real good. I said, I don't know. I don't like it. They said, look. And they let him throw a few uh, at a chalk mark on a board, and he struck every one of them right in the mark. See what I mean? You don't have to worry about it. Well, he started throwing them, and I couldn't move. It was on one side, then he crossed across one there and one here, and the handle was right out here in front uh, of my face. <laughs> now, we're not through, and they call lunch. They make sure Steve uh, sat right behind me. He picks up his menu, and he goes, it makes like he can't see it. Holds uh, it out, yeah, holds it up. Right. Christ the light, yeah. <clears throat> he holds it up here, and then he holds it out there and over there. Ye gods! And the guy's been throwing knives at me, he laughs. And I said to the director, that's all of that. The guy can't even read the damn menu, and he's throwing knives 20 feet. Director says, well, he can't see close, but he can see well over there. Of course, they finally had to tell me it was a gag because I wasn't going to get back up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess not, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, want, I want to read off. This is, you know, we we've, haven't really touched that deeply on his mu uh, musicianship. 
but uh, this is just some of the bands he worked with. Arizona Wranglers, Range Riders, Radio Buckaroos, The Wranglers, Texas Cowboys and Girls, and Cactus Mac and his Saddle Tramp, you know, which mm-hmm. they worked together musically uh, all through. In fact, they did a couple of that one John Wayne, I think it's Westward Hole, where yes. there's a singing posse. Yes, Westward Hole, yeah. They, uh, there, there's a great still shot of both of them, all of them around the thing. Mm-hmm, and Wayne mm-hmm. singing, you know, mm-hmm. dubbed in. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, well, yeah. But, <laughs> and you know, this is—I I don't, I don't know if we touched on it or not. The uh, no, we did. We mentioned how the Texas Raiders ra- yes. riders became the yes. sons of the pioneers. Yeah. So yeah. we'll just we'll just leave that one aside. <laughs> what else you got there? Well, let's see here. Okay, we mentioned. Oh, Tim Spencer. It wasn't excuse me. It wasn't Bob Nolan. It was Tim Spencer. That was the other half. Yeah. And and this is thing, back when they were still the, him and Cactus Mac were still playing together. They just starting out, uh, and they were living over, where were they living now? Oh, in Wilcox, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's the family connection. That's where the Rex Allen family connection comes in. And back then, you know, I know in my family, family members would move to where other family members, and they'd follow them around the country. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, they used to play at the... uh, My my children seem to do that to me. Yeah, they (laughs) can't get rid of them. Uh, You sneak out of town and they track you down. Well, they probably got homing devices Yeah, must be. But they they played at the uh, Mystic Theater there in Wilcox. I don't know if the theater's still there or not. I don't know. Uh, well, let's see. What else have I got here? Uh, let's see some junk. Oh, uh, Glenn Strange and uh, Cactus Mac and John Wayne all worked in the first Republic Western that was made at Republic hmm. after Republic had absorbed Monogram and Lone Pine mm-hmm. and half of the Western mm-hmm. world. <laughs> Let's see what else have we got here. Okay, we've got some 500. You, you talked about how many shows and all of that. Well, let's let's talk about some of the movie soundtracks. I've got I got I found a list that had 18 soundtracks that he worked on, and then I went on ahead to find about another half a dozen things that he had done musically. Uh, he did Texas Tornado in 1932 as a performer. That means singing. Uh, he sang Cabin in the Sky. And then uh, a couple of years later, he did The Man from Hell. What a great title. Huh? Really? Uh, again, he was a performer singing The Old Chisholm Trail. And then we get to Western Hole, which we just mentioned, 1935. He sang The Girl I Loved Long Ago. It was uncredited. He also wrote Western Hole and The Vigilante. Two songs that were in the show. Mm-hmm. He followed that up with uh, It's Fighting Blood in 35. Again, as a singer, uh, go out and get your man. That sounds like Annie Oakley. Doesn't yeah, it, it does. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then this is a great movie, too. Stormy, 1935. He performed uh, The Old Chisholm Trail and A Cowboy Dream. Got credit for that one. He, wow. I don't think they credited him as a singer. They credited him as an actor. Uh, again, he had, 35 was a busy year. He did The New Frontier uh, as a writer for the uh, title song, The New Frontier, and also Outlaw Ranger, both uncredited. That's, that's like cheating, I think. He, he uh, was 6'5", and in this particular quote, he says, I'm 6'4 to start with. And this is uh, I'm getting ready to shoot. Mm-hmm. I'm six four to start with, and with the makeup and padding, I'd wear a size seventy coat. The boots had six inch soles, oh. and by the time I was ready to film, I was just about seven feet tall. Oh. Frankenstein, yeah. yeah. And you, you, you wonder why he broke his ankle, huh? Good God <laughs> Almighty! Well, think about this: just at six four, you put on a pair of cowboy boots. That's about an inch and a half to two inch heel. Then you put a hat on with probably about a two to three inch crown, or the, back then some of those some of the high crown hats. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be adding ten gallons to the height. Yeah, twenty gallon hat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, as big as he was, half a you know, half a barrel. Well, that's our program for uh, this edition of Amble Franzi's Voices of the West. Character actor Glenn Strange. What are we doing next time we meet? I have no idea. Well, well we're going to do something. cowboy boots. 
Well, uh, we're going to do we're going to do something. I'm not sure what we're okay, going to do. Okay, right. we're going to do something. We're disputing you. Okay, one last thing here, quickly. If you really liked what we did with Glenn Strange, there's a ton of sidekicks out there, oh, yeah. ton of heavies, uh, guys, great guys like Glenn. Let us know if you got a favorite. Dan. Hey, we'll profile them. Yeah, exactly. There you go. And that's it for this edition of Abel Francis' Voices of the West. Harry Alexander and Bunker France saying. Adios, amigo. So long. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West.